What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today is a little bit different. Today, I am actually going to be sharing an interview I did for a, um, a client of mine. Actually, he's a mentor client of mine. His name is Ben Rack. Ben Rack is a young hustler in the fitness industry, very, very bright dude, very smart guy, um, training clients online and in person, getting crazy results, and he has come to me for uh, mentorship for a bunch of different things. You guys have heard me talk about this, obviously, so I'm helping him out, and he had me on the show, and one thing I wanted to do is not only highlight him and his show, but I wanted to highlight the episode because we actually got into some really interesting conversations regarding my story, obviously, but a lot along the lines of relationship building and mindset. So it was an interesting conversation because it, we went through a, um, a different part of my life that I haven't talked about a lot. And we talked a lot about building relationships, um, going through situations where your relationships are no longer productive or helpful to the route you want to take and how you should kind of navigate through those situations in life when you are either being brought down by others or being brought down by yourself. So I share a lot about my mindset, how I developed this mindset, how I navigated through difficult relationships, um, and how I think others should handle it. So I think it's a really good conversation just based on that. And I think that if anybody wants to see success in anything in their life, it is going to take, one, learning from failures, but two, Building very powerful connections and relationships because if you do not build relationships or if your relationships are not on point, then everything else in your life is going to crash down. And, you know, I talk a lot about the pillars of power, Um, not necessarily in this this podcast, but my mentor clients know this and you guys listening know this. But I believe there's four pillars in life and just about everything we do in life is is kind of targeting our body physically, our mindset, mentally, spiritually, emotionally um, and Our relationships, I almost paused there, our relationships, whether that's friends, family, spouse, coworkers, anybody in your life essentially, and then obviously business, finances, career, um, investments, different things like that. And if we look at the goals we set, the actions we take, the decisions we make, everything in life is really kind of targeting towards those things. We usually set aspirations and goals to change our body, to change our business and finances, to um, try to overcome issues with depression, anxiety, stress. Um, just mental battles in general, um, and of course, like have the perfect relationship, right? And I think that if we target everything in life, focusing on these four pillars, the building is going to stand a lot longer, and the building is going to stand more successfully, because as we know, a building can't stand with one pillar knocked down. And as soon as one of those pillars gets knocked down, the rest of the building comes crumbling down. And I speak on this a lot because, you know, like going through my life, I've come through a lot of situations where. The reason I wasn't reaching my goals in business or the reasons I wasn't having a successful relationship, whether that be a bad relationship or going through multiple relationships um, or the reason I couldn't figure out how to get my body in the shape I wanted to get in and I kept sabotaging myself right before I'd get to the goal in all these areas, it was always because I was neglecting one part. Right, And if we look at any successful entrepreneur, any successful person, any, anyone that's just happy and just has a good life, they don't neglect any part of their life. And, and I think that if you're, if you're really trying to focus on one point in your life, I think that's smart. I talk a lot about the one thing and kind of zoning in and getting like a sniper-like focus, dialing yourself in to really attack that, that point that you want to accomplish or that point in your life that you want to bring up. But if you neglect the other things, you're not going to reach that or – you're going to finally reach that goal and you're going to look back and all the other things in your life have crumbled to shit. So I know I'm kind of hammering on this same message prior to getting into the interview, but I just want to kind of shed some light on why 
I have made the decisions I've made in my life, why I believe I have reached some success and had some very awesome experiences in my life and I've been able to meet some really cool people um, and just do what I love for a living. And I think it's truly because I never neglect all the parts of my life. Um, and, and to add to that, when I have neglected any part of my life, I quickly realize that things are going wrong for that reason. Like I talk to my mentor clients all the time and say like, you know, if your business isn't going well, I don't look into your marketing or your lead generation or your client retention or your program design or any of that stuff first. I look at, have you been meditating? Have you been journaling? Have you been reading? Have you been creating space for yourself so you can go have fun? Have you been taking care of and uh, nurturing your relationship with your spouse? Like These are the things that ultimately lead to a much more productive relationship, business, mindset and of course your body so um i think you guys are really gonna like this show i i I obviously had a really good time and to be honest with you i wasn't planning on bringing it onto my podcast but it aired today and today is uh the 11th so today's wednesday it aired on his podcast and i saw him update me on that so i checked it out i listened to it while i was uh meal prepping this morning and as i was listening i was like man i didn't realize we got so in depth on the relationship side of things and the the mindset side of things, you know? So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. I think it's going to help you bridge the gap from your mind to your body. And I think it's going to help you branch out and and reach success. Um, And if you guys have any questions on anything we talk about today, like I'm I'm an open book, so please reach out to me. Um, If you have a podcast of your own, you want me to get on there, let me know, shoot me an email, shoot either, um, you know, shoot info at boomboomformance.com, an email regarding anything, about this podcast. So if you have questions or need help on bridging the gap from your mind to your body or stop self-sabotaging or if you need book recommendations, you need morning ritual recommendations, shoot us an email, let us know, um, and, and we'll help you out because the goal with this podcast is obviously to reach more individuals, to help more people out, and to just get the message of living a good life out there. Like I stand by that wholeheartedly. Like the goal of everything I do is to just affect more people's lives, create more impact, and just help people thrive, right? We don't, we're not here to survive. We're here to thrive. So without any further ado, um, I give you the interview I did on Ben Rack's podcast called Ranges of Motion. Cody Boom Boom. What's going on, man? I, pre- I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Absolutely, um, man. Glad to be here. Tell, tell us, tell us, tell the people who listen to Range of Motion, tell us a little bit more about, about your story, kind of about, uh, about how you got into fitness. Shit, man. Um, so my story in a nutshell, I, uh, I was always a chubby kid, man. It was just like, I was just always that, that little chunk. And, uh, it was it was one of those things where like as I got older, it affected me more because I hate him to this day for it. But my brother was one of those dudes that could eat whatever the fuck he wanted, and he had a six pack, right? And we both played soccer. My, my little brother, my little brother's the exact same way, bro. The yeah. exact same way. So my, this was my older brother, which made it even worse because he would like Shit. like I hate to admit this, but he would. I, I remember a couple times having to do the truffle shovel. You remember that from the Goonies? Yeah, oh the my who? God. The Goonies. You never seen the Goonies? No, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the Goonies, but I, I don't okay. remember. So ninety nine percent of people listening to this will know what I'm talking about. But basically, there's this like chubby kid in the movie, and they make him like do the truffle shuffle to get inside. They're like, we're not gonna let you in the house until you do it. And he basically just like takes his shirt off and like shakes his fat. Right? It's humiliating. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 But little shit like that because yeah. I had no, I had an older brother, right? So it sucked. And then. Uh, 
eventually like I just got I just got tired of it man like we both played soccer um and I started getting kind of more into it and I, I started kind of leaning out I hit a growth spurt and I started kind of leaning out and, and playing more soccer I made a couple teams for like a high level team so I played outdoor select club I played indoor select club and then I played varsity high school from freshman year till senior year so I got really into it and like I lost some weight felt really good my junior year of high school um I tore my meniscus in soccer and that's when everything kind of started happening right like at that point I've still never been in the gym in my life so the only way for me to stay in shape was skateboarding and playing soccer so now I'm at this point where I'm just gaining weight I'm getting lazy at that point like and I I'm literally like I don't smoke weed I don't do anything right now but back then I smoked a lot of weed it was just kind of like what do I do right so me and my friends would just we'd smoke we'd chill hang out I stopped hanging out with my productive friends because they were all in sports they were getting ready to go to college right so I was in this like downward slump man it just it's kind of like that that athlete not depression but just like that slump you're in when you're an athlete and you can't do the one thing you know that you're good at or that you're that kind of represents you like that's that was my identity right and uh so long story short that year sucked senior year came my knee started feeling better I did gain some weight but I was like I'm gonna get it off start playing soccer again I actually started losing a little bit of weight, made the club team again. I actually made uh, captain of my team for senior year at high school varsity too. So I'm super pumped, tear my ACL on the same knee during preseason of the soccer season. So at this point, I'm like, again, like what the hell, right? So I gained more weight, go through that same exact process of just not being happy, kind of going down a bad path, hanging out with the wrong people. Um, and then we all graduate high school and everybody who I, who was a good influence in my life was pretty much either family or they moved off to play college ball somewhere, basketball, mainly basketball. All my friends are hoopers for some reason, but basketball, football, whatever. And I'm at a community college, um, heavier than I've ever been. Just not happy. Uh, I don't really have any friends that are helping like uplift me. I have some friends that are getting into bad shit, a couple friends going in and out of jail. Like it just was a point where I was like, man, what am I, what am I doing? Right. So I'm in the basement of my mom's house. I'll never forget this. I'm going to school for business. And I was at this point, I was just fed up because I remember asking my teachers if they've ever owned a business. And this is when I had the biggest epiphany. I'm in school for business and I'm in a sales class. And I was like, Hey, have you ever owned a business? Like what business have you owned? And they didn't even own a business ever. So now I'm like, why am I sitting in a business course, listening to somebody who has never taken business or never owned a business, never ran a business. And that's not to say all colleges are bad, but I'm just like, okay, this is, this is not for me. Like I can't do this. Right. I, I, right. I left. Um, and I, I remember like within a couple of days, I'm looking in the mirror and I start to see stretch marks coming in. And that was the first time I ever looked at my body and like really analyzed what I saw in the mirror. Like I kind of avoided scales. I avoided mirrors. I avoided going to the pool and like, this was the first right. time where I was just like, no shame. I'm going to look at myself and just be like brutally honest. And I was like, dude, you, you look like shit. Like, what are you doing? And I had this like kind of moment, man. And, and at that point I cut out everything. I, uh, I like just went online. I started researching back then. I was reading a lot of T nation, a lot of Jay Ferrugia, a lot of shit like that. And just started soaking up knowledge. I ended up started working out in the college, um, gym. I was working out at another gym too. And just kind of, a long story short, I got humiliated with the first like tour they give you at a gym. Like they kind of go, okay, you're part of your membership. You get a tour, you get measured. Well, I got measured my body fat, all that shit the first day by a hot 27 year old. And then I was like, this is fucking 
super <laughs> humiliating. So I'm like pissed off. So I start training at the, the community college because nobody's in there. And this guy approaches me and he's like, hey, I think I can help you out because he saw that I had a knee brace on. You should come to my class. And I'm like, well, what's your class? And he was like, it's called the functional movement. And I was like, huh, okay. And this guy's older dude, kind of overweight, not super in shape. And I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like at first being like a cocky little 18 year old, I'm like, cause I graduated high school early. So I'm young and I'm like, who are you to tell me what to do? Little did I know this dude trained Deion Sanders. He worked with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was like training Olympic swimmers. Like he was the shit. He so was I, the shit. <laughs> literally. So one random day I skipped class and I go to his class and I just, dude, it just hooked me. And I was like, this is insane. Like, this is what it's about. And at that point I started reading more blogs than ever. I started diving into that. I actually forged my dad's signature so I could change my degree at college. He was pissed, but it paid off. And I just basically went all in on fitness, man. And it was like pretty gung ho for some reason, but I lost a bunch of weight, ended up getting like six pack for the first time, started helping my friends, started doing boot camps at this like random school um, where we grew up. People would meet up with me. Um, I'd post on Facebook or MySpace or whatever it was back then. And people would meet up and we'd right. pay five bucks. And I'd take them through a boot camp, And it was dope, man. And it was just like this learning process from like 18 years old till probably 20 years old. I just didn't care about anything except learning. I worked, uh, I went to school. I interned with the teacher at the school. Then I ended up interning with another guy all while I had two jobs. One was a grocery clerk. And one was an overnight like maintenance guy at a community center. And both of them were in the ghetto. It was like a horrible situation, but I literally would just not really do my job to be honest at those jobs. And I would just read. And I was like reading these blogs from again, Jay Ferugia, um, Nate Green, Precision Nutrition, T Nation, Christian Thibodeau, Dr. John Russell, and all these people when they first started or when they were like in the midst of their career, um, I was just soaking right. up all this knowledge. And at that point, and this is the story is going to come to an end here in a sec. Um, Cause I know I'm going on and on, but <laughs> no, at that, no, it, man. there was like this point where I was like, that's what I want to do. And I didn't know how it was going to make me money, but I was like, I'm just going to write for a living. I was like, somehow, some way I'm going to be like these dudes. I started researching how to write better for fitness. And I was like, I'm going to just create a blog. And my main goal is to have like this hub where people can go to a website and they can type in anything they want in that search bar and they can educate themselves on how to have a better body and better lifestyle. Because that's what I was doing every day was reading articles from these guys. This was before podcasts, before YouTube was huge. At that point, blogging was everything. So I just went all in on blogging, man. And um, I mean, now, as you know, um, my career is I'm an online coach. I run a blog. I've written for Huffington Post, bodybuilding.com, like all these big places um and people go to my website to soak up knowledge and that like it's right. it took shit i was 18 so i mean now it's seven and a half years almost eight years but it was always the same mission and it just kind of built up right it's um it's pretty wild uh how how similar our stories are because i i grew up the uh i mean i was a uh, i was bigger than everybody else like so, like height wise but i was also just a big kid man i was <laughs> i was fatter than everybody else too um and i kind of had a moment um similar to, to what you had when i was a freshman at uh at the university of dayton because i was playing football and i walked into the coach's office and this is after the season 
and old boy didn't even know my name. Hegfish didn't know, didn't, didn't even know my name, bro. Like after the fucking season. So that's kind of, that's kind of, that's when I got back from, uh, from UD. Cause I, I transferred back home to, uh, to Northern Kentucky to, to Thomas Moore. That was when I kind of started my fitness journey, but man, your, uh, your story is super cool. And I, 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 I don't know if anybody listening knows, but, but Cody is also my, um, mentor and my my coach um as well so you've been a trainer for how long like how long have you been training how long have you been training clients i mean you started boot camps when when you were when you were 18 i think i started actually working with people when i was 19 so i would say um seven years yeah so okay that's uh that's that's a pretty long time man well yeah and i uh, I think that's important, right? Because a lot of people think it's going to, it's going to build up quick. And I, so I worked at a a facility called bigger ground for over six years, six days a week. I think it was four days, four, four years. It was six days a week. And then I finally, after four years took a Saturday off and it was five days a week for two more years. And it was dude, like hour after hour after hour, just coaching either uh, small groups, large groups. I mean, I, I ran boot camps with 80 plus people in it at one time, or it was small strength groups. I was like 10 to 20 guys that I was working with on lifting stuff, or it was private clients, but no matter what, man, it was, it was overlapping. Like I didn't take breaks. Right. Um, but I think that's like, I never want, like I'm an inpatient person. So it was right. hard because I needed to trust the process. But I think something my mentor always told me is like, nothing can replace experience. And he just kept reminding me that along the way. So it was like, I just need to keep doing the work and there's going to be fuck ups along the way. There's going to be frustration. There's going to be times where I feel like I should have more or deserve more or have more money or whatever it may be. And the reality of it is I'm getting paid with experience and I need to remember that because that's, what's going to build like a legendary business career, whatever. Right. How, I mean, when you were, when you were a kid growing up, were you always like a people person? Like when you were on, when you were on sports teams and stuff like that? Yeah. Cause I know, I know going back because my, I have a degree in communications and I know even going back to when I was a kid, I loved to, I loved to communicate with people and help people and talk to people. Have you always been that way as well? Because obviously, man, you are, you are that right now, bro. You, you, you are the epitome of, of a people person. So, Dude, I love hearing that. But, um, but yeah, and I think that's pretty common with entrepreneurs, right? Like I think that growing up, it was, I was that kid that always had to be doing something. Like I couldn't sit right. still. Um, I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD or anything, but I could probably say that I had it because, I mean, I, I never played video games, like never played. My brother was super into video games always. I never played video games, but it was always like, I need to be outside playing street hockey or skateboarding or biking or going somewhere with my friends. And then even through high school, skipping class to go do stuff. I was like, after school was always like, get in the, like I had a big SUV. So it was like, get in the car, let's go do something. We were camping, right. or snowboarding. So for me, absolutely. I was always a class clown too. Um, and I think part of that was actually me hiding behind um, insecurities because I wasn't happy with how I looked and I knew that if I was funny, it would help, but it worked because I enjoyed it. And I loved getting on stage and acting class and just making it jokes. And it was always kind of that way. But even with like, if we, if we take that into a business realm, um, and I've asked people this before, and I've noticed this common theme, man, when I was a kid, I was like going in the garage and finding like old bike parts or like my old skates or whatever. And like selling them on Craigslist when that was like, not a sketchy thing to do as a young kid. Dude, I would like, 
I'd bike to the grocery store, right? And you would, we'd sell shit at the skate park. We'd go to the skate park and skate and I'd like sell old skate parts or whatever I could. Um, I even remember asking my mom, like, yo, are we done with the lawnmower or some shit like that, right? Like anything I could sell. Um, and then in high school, after the injury, like, I, I got to admit that I started selling weed as well because it was like, dude, I can make money with this. And in Washington, weed's legal. Damn. It's it's not yeah. it's not a big deal here at all, um, which is funny because I I actually hate smoking now. I get super paranoid and just don't enjoy it. So I just I haven't touched it in forever. But um, it's it's funny because it's super, dude. I, it's, you know, I, I never I've never heard, I've never heard you open up about that. That's crazy. Yeah, I actually don't talk about it too much, to be honest with you. But it's it's one of those things where it's just always been, I don't know what it is, but even before it was legal, it's always been around me. It's always been a heavy influence in the circles I ran in. So it really wasn't like a bad thing or a weird thing to do back then. It was kind of just a casual thing, like back in the day when people smoke cigarettes, like that's how it was around me. So to me, it wasn't a big deal. And I actually, funny story is when I got injured, I remember I turned 18, um, I think I was, it was right after senior year, or maybe I did it before. I don't remember what it was, but right when I got my knee surgery, I remember taking all the papers to the medical marijuana place before it was legal and getting my green card. Cause back then that's the only way you could do it. And to me, I was like, okay, right. well, if I can't play sports, I need to occupy myself. I'm going to make some money. So I literally went there, got weed, sold weed. And it was like horrible thing. But it, now that I look at it in hindsight, it was like the way I went about it was actually very entrepreneurial like, and, uh, and I made it work, man. And I didn't get into any trouble and, and I wouldn't suggest it to anybody. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it to anybody. And, and like I said, to this day, like I don't, I, dude, I haven't touched weed in years. So it's not like something that I'm like big on right now, but, um, but it's just, it, dude, it's part of my evolution, you know? Right. And I mean, obviously you had, you had the injuries and, and that kind of thing. What, what, I mean, what was your biggest, what was your biggest personal obstacle, uh, you know, going up, was it, was it the injuries? Was it the, you know, the, the, your, your circumstances being around people who were, um, who were smoking weed a lot and maybe not going in the right direction or the direction where you saw yourself going? Like, what was your biggest obstacle? You know what? I think it's actually, uh, it was lack of clarity. So if we look at like, even to this day, like we're always going to have obstacles or things around us that aren't, going to help us like crabs in the bucket, right? Pulling you down. And I think, I think I had a lot of that, but I also think I had a lot of positive lights that were pulling me out of that constantly. So I don't think I had a horrible upgrowing or anything. Um, but I think my issue was I had no clarity of what I ever really wanted to do. I didn't really have desires to go to college. I didn't have desires to like, I've always been really good with talking and communication. So my father was like pushing me towards the sales route. So that's why I went right. to business school. Cause he sells oil in the oil industry. He was like, you'll make good money doing it. So I was kind of just following whatever anybody else told me to do. I didn't excel at sports, so I couldn't go do what my friends were trying to do. I didn't go to college. I didn't have, I didn't have fitness as a passion. Skateboarding was like my life, but there's no way in hell I was going to make a, become a pro skateboarder. And I knew that. So there was no direction and I had no clarity. And my dad growing up worked so much and then they got, they split up that I never really saw him to be honest with you until I was like, really, we didn't start getting close till I was past 16. So really growing up, I didn't have a father figure to like direct me down the right path enough, I think. And my mom is right. like, just the biggest uh, supporter, which can be a blessing and a curse, because no matter what I do, she takes my side, which is like, I love her to death. But sometimes I need that, like, 
that parent that's going to like slap me in the face and be like, yo, you need to get your shit together. So uh, I have the same mom. I have the same exact mom, man. Same exact mom. It's she a supports me in curse. every single thing. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I think, I think for me, it's just lack of clarity, man. I think I just had no idea what I want to do. And because of that, I lived my whole entire life was just all about the now. Like I didn't care about tomorrow. So for me, it was like, how can we have the most fun right now? Which was awesome. And I have a lot of great memories. But I think my biggest struggle as far as like success goes or like building a life, it was just like, Let's just go have fun. Like there was no direction. Right. What, what, when, when was the, when was the point where you, I mean, what was the, what was the biggest, what was the biggest turning point for you for uh, gaining that clarity? Um, Especially, you know, especially as you were, as you were coming up as a trainer, like growing your business, uh, whether it be your, uh, your in-person business. And obviously now you're, you're an online coach. So, um, where was, what was the biggest, what was the biggest turning point for you? I think that, I mean, the very first one was, like I said, in the basement, when I looked in the mirror and just did not yeah. like what I see, but I think right. that the second biggest one, cause I think it's funny cause there's always like these moments and I actually heard, uh, I think it was Aubrey Marcus say this on a podcast recently. He said, uh, that was the third eye opening moment in my life. And the guy was like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, well, we always have these moments in our life where like we're awakened and our eyes are finally open and we're like, oh shit, like this is what I'm here for. He was like, and then all of a sudden you, it happens again and you realize that you really didn't open your eyes fully yet. So he's like, you kind of have this evolution. So I think the second time that happened for me was I went on this, uh, so I, at this point I had, I'm done with college. Um, I had a two-year degree for fitness and health. I was living on my own and I was actually living with uh, an ex-girlfriend. I was 21, I think, 21 or 22. I was living with this girl. Um, everything was cool. Um, I met her in the gym. So she was a gym rat. I was a gym rat. I worked at this really dope facility. Um, I was making not really great money, but I loved what I did. And I was working hard, getting a lot of experience. But I, again, had didn't have enough clarity. And I went on this trip. Um, it was a week-long retreat called Resurrection Week. And it was basically like two fitness professional entrepreneurs who were taking us through a journey of um, – life like it was mindset it was spirituality a lot of the stuff that I coach you on is it all started at this thing like this is where I learned a lot of the daily practices um, everything about meditation and journaling and, and how I set outcomes in my life and how I perceive my life so we went on this thing and it was pretty much like every single and day for to, go ahead and not to interrupt you not to interrupt you but that has been absolutely key in my in my life in the last in the last month month and a half I mean absolutely has absolutely turned me, has turned things around, man. I've, I've been a lot more productive. So I'm going to let you continue with your story now, but that was a, that's just something I wanted to tell, tell everybody that, you know, meditation, meditation, journaling, um, doing those kind of things, having a daily, having a daily routine, having a, a morning routine, man, is huge. Well, and, and this is like, and what I told you at the beginning when we started and you're seeing, it's like, when we dial in yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, then all of a sudden your relationships enhance, your business enhance, you make more money, you're happier about what you do. And it's like, wait, I didn't even add any marketing, right? It's not about that. So right. this is where it all started kind of clicking for me. And so I go on this trip and it was in San Diego and basically for five days in a row, they take your phone and you're doing what they're doing. So you're cut off from the world. I wasn't able to talk to my family, to my ex, to my clients who were back at the gym working with a different trainer because I was gone. Like it was the first moment where I completely disconnected from everything and 
that was a big epiphany too, because, oh shit, nothing burnt to the ground. Everybody still loves me. I still have my job. Like it's okay to disconnect from social media and everything for a little bit. So I leave and I'm disconnected. And every single morning they wake you up at 5 a.m. and they take you out to the beach or the mountain or a gym or something. And they put you through the most grueling workout with the attempts to pretty much make you throw up. Like there was no like benefit or science behind it. It was literally like, let's break right. these guys down because after they broke us down physically, they were going to break us down emotionally and mentally. And that's when they tapped into our insecurities, our self doubt, our self limiting beliefs, all these things that were holding us back from business and fitness and everything else in our life that we didn't even realize because it was just in. Right. So I remember, I think it was like day, day, Two, we went through this, like we sprinted, like we had to hike up a mountain and the one guy was like, I'm, I'm running, like who's coming with me? I was the only guy that made it up with him, sprinted up the whole fucking mountain. And then we get up there and we had to do like a full, like strength workout on the top of the mountain with these big ass rocks, right? So crazy. So we're doing this shit. I'm sweating my ass off. It's just grueling. And then we stopped to meditate. After all this is done, after we're just like physically drained and I know I have to walk back down this mountain, this huge hike. And we go off to this remote section. I sat on this big rock that overlooked all of San Diego, like the, the water, everything. It was like the coolest thing. I leaned back against yeah. this rock, couldn't see anybody else. And I just meditated, right? It was the first time I ever truly tapped into meditation and felt like my body was kind of weightless. Like it was the, to this day, the best meditation I've ever had. And, and I'll never forget it because I opened my eyes and there was a hummingbird like right in front of my face looking at me and it was just you know how hummingbirds they flap their wings so fast that they just right. sit there so i'm just yep. like what the fuck this is kind of trippy and uh and it just flew away like gracefully like i didn't care that i was staring at it or awake or anything um and i later i can't remember the the meaning behind it but i remember writing a blog about it and somebody sent me like the spirit animal thing for a hummingbird and it's like this weird revolution or re uh, revelation like i gotta look it back up because it it meant a lot compared to what my experience was but that was day two, right? And then we came back down to the city and we did these drills. We talked about um, why meditation is so important. What are self-limiting beliefs? Like who in our past is holding us back that we don't even realize? Like the relationship that I didn't have with my dad was actually a huge limiting factor in my life that I didn't even realize. Um, and it was causing me to do things in my relationship, in my business, with myself personally that I didn't realize I was self-sabotaging myself because of him, but I was. So huge huge epiphanies um day three we go into this uh fucking boxing ring and we had to do what was called uh we did a full boxing workout so we're tired our shoulders are drained like we're we think we're finished and then they go okay we're gonna finish with what's called bowl in the ring and basically all the dudes line up against the wall and one guy comes out at a time and they have a 15 second timer to just go at it and then once the timer hits the ringer that guy comes back to the wall. The next guy goes out, but the bull in the ring has to stay through all five guys. So I was the last guy to go. So I had already done all the intervals and mind you, I'm 22, 21 small. I, I weigh like 170 right now and I'm buffer than I was. So I, I'm not a big dude. I'm like five, nine, five, 10. I'm not huge, but there was a, there was an ex NCAA linebacker, uh, or maybe he was a, a running back. He's a big dude that owns a gym. Now he's like 275. Yeah. Another dude was like 250. Like I was small. And it was the craziest thing I've ever been in. And I never boxed before. So that like put me, I was hyperventilating afterward. Like it was crazy. But then again, we go into this room and then we start having to admit the self-limiting beliefs that we had revelations on the day before. And it's a bunch of guys that are like too egotistical to man up and talk about how they're emotional about something. And 
breaking right. out in front of dudes and talking about shit and talking about what I really want. And like, dude, like tears coming out. Dude, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. But I left that, like this whole, this whole story, like that went on for five days. And when I came home, I was so clear on what I actually wanted in my life that everything started happening for the right reasons in, in a positive way. I actually came home. Right. I, I had a big revelation that the relationship I was in was not healthy for many reasons. I came home, ended the relationship, um, took over the lease, uh, started living by myself and just started devoting all of my time and energy to going back to the mission that I started in college, which was the online business, because I fell from that. And I was still putting out blogs, but I wasn't consistently putting out the message of what I wanted to do for a living and how I wanted to reach people around the world and how I was going to do that was through YouTube, podcast, Instagram, like all these different platforms. And I wasn't going all in on it, but I came back from there and even people were looking at me and going, dude, something's different about you. And I was like, man, I'm just, I'm clear. Like I'm, a, I'm in alignment now. And that was like the biggest breakthrough moment of my life. And I think the biggest thing that was a long ass answer, but if I could give anything for people to take away from that is that you need to search within because, and this is a quote from Dan John, the thing is never the thing. And he was talking about injury prevention, but I'm talking about if you're struggling in your fitness, if you're struggling in your relationships, if you're struggling in your business, it's usually inside you. It's not the, the relationship, it's you. It's not the business, it's you, right? So if you can create your most clear and most authentic self, everything in your life just blows up. Right. So when, when obviously you, you came back and obviously you, um, you had that, that moment where, where you seem to have more, more clarity and more, uh, more of a clear vision for what you wanted. Um, how challenging was it to, to end that relationship that you were in and, or, um, set other relationships that, um, that you had, like with, with what, whether, it, whether it was, you know, friends that weren't helping you move forward or whatever, how, how, how challenging was that? So I think that, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but it was really easy for me to end that relationship because I was so clear and it was so obvious of why I needed to, that I came home and was just like, look, I'm sorry. I really don't want to hurt your feelings, but like, there's this, it, I can't, I can't do it. And I mean, I even went to the extent of like, I didn't want to deal with having to debate it that I, I took over the lease before I even did it. Like I went in, took over the Shit. lease, came in and was like, Hey, like this has to happen. I'm sorry. Like, this is just the way like the universe is telling me to go. Um, and you know, like later on, um, months and months later we met up and I brought her some stuff and it was totally cool and everything was fine and it worked out well. She's in a great relationship. Like but at the time, she probably didn't see that this was the way it needed to be. Um, as far as friends, it got honestly very, very difficult because at this point, I'm only 22 at most. I think I'm because I, like I said, I was either 21 or 22. I was young still. So a lot of my friends weren't on the same wavelength. So it, it was like now I'm sitting down at a table with a bunch of dudes and I can't relate to anybody because I'm like, dude, I just, there's no purpose or meaning behind what we're talking about, right? Like I just, it was this weird weird thing. It took me a while to understand that that's okay. Because at first I was like, fuck this, I don't even want to be around these people. And then later on, I was like, you know what? It, it, not everybody needs to be on the same wavelength. And those are my best friends. And they still are to this day. I never stopped hanging out with them. And, and a lot of them obviously now are on a different wavelength. Some of them have starting families and stuff like I am. But, um, but at the time it was really difficult because I was not partying. I was not going out. I was not doing the shit that they wanted to do. And I was 
I was Xing myself out. Um, so it's difficult. And I think there's a lot of people that are starting out as young entrepreneurs that are going to have to go through that. Like you're, there's going to be a point where you have to cut out people and it's tough. I, uh, I, and, and I feel like that's, uh, that's sometimes where, where I'm at, uh, right now, especially being, you know, 20, 23 years old, um, and doing what I'm, what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of the people I grew up with aren't really, you know, they're, they're not really, they're not really going that route, even though they are at a point where they're finishing up school or they're getting out of school. They just have, they just have other, other focuses, man. Like they, they would rather, they would rather go to the bar and, you know, do, do that kind of thing. And that's just not, that's just not a, that's not what I want to do, obviously. Cause I, I, I have a bigger, I feel like I have a bigger purpose here um, on this on this earth, just to, to to really help and impact people. That doesn't mean I don't have fun, but by the same token, you know, I, I just feel like I'm in a lot different place in a, in a lot different place than uh, than most most people people my age. So a few things on that, dude, is like number one, like, and this is what I didn't realize at first is that everybody, like, I have to understand that everybody has their own path and a lot of like your path is going to be a 50 year journey, right? It doesn't stop. Right. Oh, I found my path. I'll be there in a year. Right. It's a long ass time, but what takes a longer time, not a longer time, but what takes a while is finding that path, getting your first step onto that path. And what I didn't realize is like, I was like putting myself on this high horse. Like I'm on my path. What the fuck are you doing, dude? You're like, you're not doing shit. And it was like, wait, they just haven't found their path yet. Not that many guys are going to San Diego for a week to get their ass beat and meditate on a fucking rock on a mountain, right? <laughs> like, so when I came right. home and was like, guys, I'm enlightened now. And I have this, and they're like, dude, what, what did you do? That's fucking weird. And, and then I was like, well, now I feel like, fuck, like these guys don't get it. But what I did is I didn't exit them out. I just, obviously I didn't hang out with them as much at the time. And, and I still don't cause I have a family now. I have different things I like to do, but I got a mentor and I found people that I enjoyed being around, right? I was in a group of guys all last year, for example, I was running with a crew. Um, I had a mentor and he was one of my best friends. He was like an older brother to me. And there was 10 guys that were all fitness business owners that were very successful that could 100% relate to what I was talking about. And we would get on a group call every week. And I'm like talking about the shit I'm going through and they could see eye to eye with me and be like, Oh, I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. And it was like so refreshing, right? The hard part is two of them lived in Cali, one lived in New York, one lived in uh, Oklahoma, one lived in Jersey, one lived in Australia. Like it was, dude, we were like literally so spread out that it was like, you can't just stumble upon that. So my advice to anybody who's relating to what we're talking about right now, and even just you, is you did the right thing. You saw me out, dude, we're across the country, but now we talk every week, right? Now you have somebody that supports you, guides you, and can relate with you. I've been there, right? So it's, it's, it's definitely something it's, it's a battle, man. The whole relationship thing is hard, but if you can hone in on the relationships you do have, and most importantly, just work on yourself, because what I learned is I did all this stuff for myself and I didn't need to tell people about what I did. I just needed to show up as the person I've become. And once I did that, my energy just rubbed off on people, right? Like my family treated me different. Uh, the, the women I talked to were different and were treating me different because I was attracting a different person. Um, and, and that was a big, big light bulb check too, is like when I went through all this and then my, I, I was single and I actually started going out on dates and stuff as like a challenge. My, my mentor was like, do you need to go out? I told you about this, go out once a week with a yeah. different girl. And I was like, fuck, this is going to be tough. 
but I started realizing that like, I was like, man, this is just superficial. Right. Some of them were just like, you know, I was looking for something deeper. Right. And, and I'm, and I feel the same way, but I vibe with that hundred percent. And I, uh, that's, that, that's powerful stuff, man. It really is. Um, one of the things I, I was, I, I told you I was at that, um, uh, elementary school yesterday, kind of talking to those, talking to those, some of those elementary school kids. And one of the teachers asked me like, you know, where do you, where do you see your, yourself going with this? Like, where do you see, do you see yourself like working for a, like a doctor or something? And I, and I told her, no, like, I obviously I want to build uh, an online coaching business, um, and help as many people as, as I can. Um, online and, and in person, because I, I enjoy, I love, I love training people. I really Uh, do. Um, but where do you see, where do you see boom, boom performance going? Where do you see yourself going in the future? Because I know we, you know, I know you were, I know your one of your mentors is Jason Phillips. Um, and obviously he's, he's killing the game. And, you know, I, I really think that, I really think that guys like him and you and even guys like the guys at mine, I think there's going to be a, a calling for fitness people and there's going to be a big, you know, revelation in the next 10 to 15 years that, you know, people need us, dude. Like people need people in the health and, and fitness space for, for optimal, optimal health and optimal, uh, uh, optimal lifestyle. So where do you, where do you see, where do you see Boom Boom Performance going in the future? So, I mean, before I tell you my vision, I do it 100% agree. And I think it's already happening. I think that um, I started seeing this within like a year or two ago is like these people who really preached individualized coaching and programming and nutrition started to blow up all of a sudden, right? Like Jason's been doing his thing for a while, but over the last few years, it really, really fucking grew. Last year was a huge year for me. And a lot of people started knowing who I was. Dr. John Russin blew up. Like these people who like don't give cookie cutter advice all of a sudden started blowing up because the whole decade of just giving templated plans kind of started to die off because people realized this isn't sustainable. So I agree right. with you. I think it's just going to blow up. And then the other part of that I think is going to blow up is entre- like the relationship between fitness and business and entrepreneurship. Business. Because, yep. yeah, dude, now we have all these people like Gary Vee and all these Tony Robbins and Rob Deerdeck and all these super, super successful entrepreneurs that are showing that, dude, like I wake up, I eat the same breakfast, I weigh my food, I weigh myself, I do my biofeedback. Like, dude, Rob Deerdeck is one of the most successful entrepreneurs. Every morning, that guy writes out all of his biofeedback. He, he ranks his level of motivation upon waking up five minutes, like crazy shit. But that's the shit. I just read a blog. I just wrote a blog about that, man. It's the shit. I mean, that's huge. That's super, super important. But, but for, like you said, for years, nobody talked about that kind of shit. That wasn't, it was just, it was just, here's your meal plan. Here's your exercise program. See you later. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's going to grow. And then as far as like, so where boom, boom performance will be in the next, I don't even know if I can put a date on it because I'll be honest, it's growing quicker than I realized it would. So hopefully in the next, you know, few years, I'm going to have anywhere between five to 10 coaches working underneath me as online coaches, either online, most likely all nutrition. But if there are some people who are certified and ready to write program design as well for training, that's fine too. Um, I'm probably going to at that point have at least 10 different programs for sale, just like functional muscle. I'm coming out with another one in a couple months that are basically going to be 
programs that people can buy and individualize for themselves, just like functional muscle was completely done with the philosophy, everything they need inside of it. Um, and it's an easy way to provide all of my coaches, nutrition clients with smart training programs. So they don't have to worry about it. So my goal is to have this right. system to where I create these training programs that are used by the masses. I have five to 10 coaches underneath me coaching nutrition and I have created a media platform. As you know, I hired a media guy. So my goal is I'm going to dominate every platform that I can that I really want to invest in. So podcasting is going to be right now. It's two times a week. It's going to grow to three and then four. I'll probably end up having a studio. YouTube will grow. Instagram will be huge. Blogging will be huge. But my goal is to have such a big media presence that I am educating thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people every year through free content. Like I want to give away so much shit that everybody can just get results that way. I want my team creating content for them as well. Um, and then essentially at, at that point, I will probably be coaching less people because I'll be running a lot of systems, um, but I'll never Absolutely. take my finger off the needle. Like I'll always be coaching at least a handful of people, even if they're higher level coaching clients, like I want to be in the trenches regardless. And then last but not least, I will be on a stage no matter what I will be on a stage. I will be talking. I will be speaking on business, biofeedback, nutrition, coaching, the importance of health for entrepreneurship, whatever it may be. I love talking and I know that I'll be on a stage someday. Um, and I even like, I remember it's funny cause, uh, and I think actually, so Jason posted a while ago that he was doing a big summit. Like it was going to be a nutrition coaching summit or something like that in Arizona. Um, and I texted him right afterwards and I was like, not this year, but next I'll be on that stage. Just watch. And he was like, I have no doubts in that. And the funny thing is I saw him post the other day that he texted Bejos that like years ago and now he was on his stage. And I thought that was really fucking cool. So yeah, that's, 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 that's absolutely incredible, man. Because obviously I don't know if, you know, people, people listening know who Bejos is. Bejos has, uh, has been a, has been a fitness entrepreneur for how, for, yeah, for how long? I mean, who knows? Immigrant, like diapers when, yeah, dude, that guy is, he's got it. He's got an incredible story. Yeah, yeah. incredible story. Um, and, and Jason's done a couple talks at Google, which is, you know, which is huge in, in my eyes. And I've shared those, obviously, with, with, with my clients. And I, I, could, see, I could see Jason on, on a TED, TED Talk stage uh, pretty, pretty damn soon. Oh, Man, no he's, doubt. Uh, he's, I think- he's killing it. I think that would be, I could easily see that. And that's kind of like, so I actually, I'm working on some things right now where I have a, I have a lady who has a plug at Microsoft here in Seattle and they have a, they have this weird, it's like a, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Um, I don't know what our generation is called, but um, the younger generation is essentially, they have like this whole entire department where it's all the younger individuals working on ad campaigns and Instagram and social media and growing the Microsoft brand, like all this stuff. And she wanted me to come in and speak on entrepreneurship to them. And I haven't heard from her, so I'm trying to figure that out. And then even next week, I actually, this is really cool. Nobody knows this yet, but I'm on a panel that hundreds of thousands of people are going to see. I'm on a panel with doctors and shit for this online summit, which is basically like they interview, I don't know, I think it's 20 people in the field and it goes out to masses on um, gut health and training and all these different things. So I'm, I'm dipping my toes in it, man. And I'm just trying to, trying to build on that. And even like, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I think the biggest thing, and I could go back six years and say the same thing about myself is the most important thing is to have a clear vision. Like I know exactly where the business will be. And because of that, I'm certain it'll happen. And because I have certainty, there's no like roadblocks. Like I just keep taking action. Cause I know that's just part of the path. And six years ago, actually, even, so like we can even go further eight years ago, let's say I, I remember being a chubby dude and being like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to get lean. I'm going to go on a bodybuilding stage. I'm going to coach people on a website. And people were like, dude, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> I was at a point where I wasn't even lean yet. Right. And it was like impossible, but I was like, I just got this feeling, man, this is what's going to happen. And because I was certain it happened. Well, and you took the, you were certain and you took the, you took the right steps. You did things on a daily basis to, to make right. those things happen. So, and that's, and, and obviously I could see you, uh, th that's awesome about being on the panel, number one. And number two, I could see you uh, on a TED Talk stage um, as well someday, without a doubt. Um, so my, kind of my, I guess we'll, we'll kind of, kind of wrap things up here. I know we're, you're, you probably almost uh, got to go, but um you ask people this on your show, so I wanted to get your opinion. Um, if you had a long flight ahead, uh, say 13 or so hours to Japan, <laughs> and you could be stuck in the middle between two people, dead or alive, not family or friends, who would they be? Man, that's funny. Turning the tables on me. You know what's funny is I ask this question so every week to somebody, sometimes twice a week, and I never fucking think about who I would, <laughs> I would say. Well, I you you actually said a person in particular that would be one of your people on one of your more recent episodes. So I don't know if that'll be one of your one of your choices today on uh, what is it April fifth or or not? I don't know if it'll be I don't know if that'll be one of your choices or if you'll pick two two different people. So uh, if you're talking about Rob Deerdeck, then definitely I think he he is always the first one that comes to mind. I think it's funny because I'm a skateboarder, so. I've always loved Rob. I loved Rob before Robin Big came out. So I used to watch his uh, skate videos when he was just a pro skater. And I just saw his charisma, his character, his hustle. Like, I just thought he was funny. I thought he was dope. Then all of a sudden, he became Robin Big. And then he became the guy who created, uh, like, different clothing brands. And then he started the next show. And then the next show. Now he practically owns fucking MTV. He owns restaurants. He actually owns a company who people come to with ideas that are really good startup ideas, he funds the idea, helps them make it more creative and blow it up. And then he walks away. So like, he's like, man. my passion is creating business. I was like, so I've, I've done some research on this guy. And I was like, man, this guy is, he's really, really. And like I said, he takes care of his health. Like he's really, really on top of things. Um, so I respect him a lot. And, and even if you dude, if you go way back, like funny thing about him is he, before he had all the TV shows, he used to design DC shoes. And what he would do, at, he would step into the marketing section of the business or whatever at DC, and he would pitch ideas right. for shoes, and they, would, they accepted them. And then he made more money on shoes for collecting royalties than any of the marketers made combined because he was crushing making shoes. And he made like 20-something shoes. So he was a millionaire by age like 18 or 19 because of this or some shit like that. So, right. man, if you can find some podcasts on him, I think Lewis Howes interviewed him, Drama interviewed him. Dude, like, they're powerful. So he'd, he'd definitely be sitting next to me. And then yeah, uh, it's tough, man. Like, part of me wants to say Arnold Schwarzenegger, but yeah, just because – I knew that was, was going to be one. He's so – he's such an influential figure, but the only reason I'm not is because, like, 10 people on my podcast said him. <laughs> so I don't think yeah. I'm going yeah. to choose him. Um you know what? It might be a uh... God. It's fucking hard. I really don't want to pick a shitty person. <laughs> Man, I might pick. I uh... mean, I my, mine. I, I, I think you know one of mine would be in, in, instead of instead of Arnold, uh, somebody who's 
had kind of a an influence on my life just from like the movies but then like when i got older and actually looked into his story like sylvester salone dude like he had to sell his dog to yeah be able to like put food and shit on the table and have a place to stay like while he was trying to get the rocky script sold so i think I think that that'd be a that'd be a pretty crazy person for me. Hell yeah! And he I mean, I he got know. turned down quite a bit for that movie. I think didn't he? A, a bunch of times, yeah, man, a bunch of times. I want to know think, what yours is though. I think what, what I is think yours? I, this is funny. Don't say I, it's the one. I won't. Um, and this is not this is not my favorite actor by any means. I actually don't even care for most of his movies. Um, but I would probably pick Robert Downey Jr. Damn. And the funny because one, he's 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 a smart ass, but funny as hell. He is funny in movies. But two, from what I've heard, he had a really rough time where he was like in jail, he got addicted to coke and all stuff, and he made a fucking comeback. And if if I mean oh, he's, yeah, he's super successful. So I think he would be funny to sit by, but I'd also just be interested he's in hearing He's what? He's fucking Iron Man, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. And that's like such a badass. But I and I think like the reason too i'd pick him is just because i was trying to think of an artist like a a musician that has been through the same thing but hearing anybody struggle who has been like at the top of their game and then had a very big downfall through drugs and and all these different experiences and then came back to the top i respect that and i would love to hear just the journey around that right man this has been awesome i really appreciate you coming on the podcast man listen I, i want you to tell everybody where they can find cody boom boom so the best place is boomboomperformance.com. Um, I mean, everything is on there. Obviously, I have the podcast, the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. My Instagram is cody.boomboom. Um, Facebook is Cody Boom Boom. So everything is pretty much boom boom. But if you go to boomboomperformance.com, like everything is there, my email, all that stuff. Reach out to me if you need help with anything. I'm, I'm always willing to communicate and, and help what I can. Cody, you're the man, brother. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that is a wrap. If you heard anything that intrigued your interest or you felt like could help you or you just want more information on, maybe it's a book I've read or a way I've meditated or a place I've visited, experiences I've done, if anything I talked about today could help you better your life, please shoot us an email at info at boomperformance.com and I would love to guide you in the right direction so you can find some kind of life-changing event to help you break through and achieve more in your life two things you guys can do for me real quick. Go subscribe to Ranges of Motion. That's Ben's podcast. And I know as his mentor, he is growing at a crazy rate and he's only going to have better and better guests on that show. So you're going to get a lot of great content for him. Number two, leave me a five-star rating and review. It is one of the biggest things that can help me grow this podcast, create more impact, reach more people, and help more people change their lives. And that's the mission with this. So no more ranting from me, guys. I hope you have a great day and I will catch you next time.